And I can see the ground now, way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. And I mean that sincerely. My positive attitude continues onwards. I'm like a shark, you know, I can only go forwards. Unless you put me in isolation, then I'll stay in my house day in, day out. But I'm still a shark. Tell people that. I'm a shark. Uh, but welcome to episode 86, and the good times keep on rolling. But I tell you what, as the good times roll on, so do the many battles waged here at 12. Probably shouldn't give away my address. W- am I famous enough for someone to come and, and, and sneak up on me and kill me, or... Or, or hide in my bedroom? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. So, at the uh, the lad pad here, always a battle. Always a war to be fought. And, for some reason, no matter how many of these battles I win, people don't know when to back the fuck down. Okay? And yes, I'm talking about the Pelicans over the back fence, who have called the cops on us a record three times in one month for April. Three times in one month. At what point do I call the cops on you calling the cops on me? Is that something people do? Because I don't think I won't do it. I will do it. So then the other other week, uh, we're sitting around the fire having a goddamn laugh, if that's still not illegal, in this freaking 1984, whatever the freaking word is where everyone's watching your society... We're having a goddamn laugh on a Wednesday. Is that a crime? I didn't think so. It's hump It's hump day, you know? I can hear a lot of people saying, Oh, Billy, it's only hump day if you actually have a job. Otherwise, it's just Wednesday. Whatever, dude. You can back off. It's my podcast. It's the last time I'll say it. It is the last time I'll say it. So Wednesday night, we're having a, we're having a laugh around the fire. Are we blind? Ah, okay. Did we have freaking nine bottles of red wine? Bah! Whatever. Okay, but we're having a goddamn laugh. Um, we got a bit of Avril Lavigne play. Is it at a respectable volume? It is. Okay. We have two friends over. Everything's fine. Just having a laugh around the fire. Back fence. But how, how dirty is this from the old bloke? He doesn't come over to deliver his spray this time. He sends his wife over. We've got this 75-year-old woman leaning over our fence, abusing us. She said, oh my God, it's, it's every week. It's every fucking night. We're sick of it. She goes, have some common decency for your neighbors. Some of us have work in the morning. I, I'm thinking, fucking hell, you got work, love. You're 75 years old. How can you be 75 and keep your job through a pandemic? I'm sorry, but if a fucking crazy virus hits and I've got a 75-year-old employee... I'm sending you home so quickly, it's unbelievable. Unless I dislike you, then I'm making you come in every day, hoping the virus strikes you down. Allegedly. So we have this old lady just absolutely abusing the shit out of us. She said, she said, have, have some common decency, we've got work tomorrow. You know, she must be fucking from a communist country where you work till you die. You know, she, she didn't sound Russian, but that is the work ethic of a Russian woman. Let me tell you. Because in, in Russia, if you, if you don't die in the mine or the mine doesn't collapse on you, they're the only two ways you go out in Russia, okay? Natural causes is when your boss shoots you because you can't keep up anymore in Russia. That's what I've heard. So we got this lady abusing us. And I think this is dirty tactics because, you know, look, have I made some mistakes in my life? Yes, I'll be candid about those mistakes. But have I ever abused an old lady? No. And I'm not about to, okay? So this freaking cowardly pelican sends sends his wife over with her walker, leaning on the fence. I think she was the fence was holding her up as much as she was leaning on it. And she she's getting into us. And we we're not gonna abuse an old lady. We didn't even abuse the old man. So this is dirty tactics. But then she goes, she goes, we can't even hear the TV. Is that the most ridiculous comment you have ever heard in your life? We can't even hear the TV. What sort of volume settings are you playing with over there, babe? Because unless you've got it on a gentleman's three and you've lost the remote, 
you can easily just get into the 20s, you know? Leave it on, a, on an even number. I know some people, that weirds them out. If you sit the volume on 27, they start twitching. A couple of my roommates do anyway. But how dramatic is that? We're having a conversation around the fire. This, this freaking, you know, conversational volume. She goes, we can't even hear the TV. The most ridiculous claim I've ever heard. I'd love to know what fucking Four Corners ABC bullshit she was watching anyway. Probably watching a current affair reruns. Anyway, so the war rages on and we do what we always do when they complain. Uh, We do not reply, but then here's the kicker. We also don't change our behavior. And then the ball's in your court, love, okay? We're not retaliating because I know as soon as I say, hey, how about I freaking say something bad, they'll probably record it. Then the cop shop comes around going, Billy, did you threaten to put this old lady in a recycling bin and wheel her down the street? And I'll say, no, officer, I didn't. And he'll say, well, I've got the audio to prove it. And that's checkmate, my friends. So I don't know what we're going to do about these neighbors because I'll admit at times we, we can be loud, maybe once a week. But they blow up when we're not even loud. So I don't know what, but I tell you what, I'm getting close to giving that old bloke a rocket. Eventually, they're going to push me past the past the point of no beyond of no uh no return. But he sent his wife over to do his dirty work while he's freaking trying to find the TV remote, going, "I can't hear what Tracy Grimshaw saying. Go give him a spray." But dude, I swear to God, those that old couple has got to go. Anyway, we remain silent on our side of the fence, but we refuse to change our habits. So that's a win. But anyway. And then another war. This one, this was a mug off this morning. I've had I've had this tiny spider in my room for the last couple of weeks, and it's crawled across my desk a couple of times. Tiny spider. And you know me, I'm working, grinding on the laptop, probably writing some freaking crazy philosophical jokes about communism or something. Anyway, so I'm grinding, and this spider's gone past a couple of times. Tiny. Big as your pinky's fingernail. And I gotta kill it. I go, nah. Not killing it. I go, just let it be. Everything will be all right. This morning, I wake up like a goddamn bat out of hell, if I may say so myself. Um, and I chuck a t-shirt on and I'm I'm ready for fucking Wednesday. I'm ready to go. And and I go to take a piss. This, I feel something on my arm. I go, oh, look down. Huge black spider on my arm. Like maybe as big as your palm. Maybe not quite that big. Big enough to cause a stir, I'll say that. And it's black. And this isn't racist, but black spiders are the worst spiders. That has nothing to do with race, but they're the most venomous. And that's 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 for sure. Um, so then I shake this spider off. It was obviously on me while I was asleep. I had this spider on me while I'm asleep. And I'm thinking, I've spared your fucking daughter's life for the last two weeks. And this is how I get repaid. Okay? And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You want to you wanna mug Billy Darcy off in his own home? You're about to eat a Converse All-Star shoe. And that's what happened. I took my Converse and I went to town on that spider. And I left its carcass there on my bedroom floor just to send a message, okay? Send a fucking message. Go back to your little spider hole. Tell them what happened here today. I want them to know. I want them to to see what happens when you fuck with Billy Darcy, okay? Ask the garbage man what happened. Ask that fucking bird that came in the kitchen what happened. And now you, oh, you can't ask your mum what happened because I've just fucking killed her, haven't I? So, turbulent times here. You know, I'm a peaceful guy, but don't push me. Okay, don't push me. But anyway, so that's what's been happening at the pad. Oh God, I tell you what, I tell you what. But we went, uh, the weekend that's just uh, passed, I, I dare say so. I've got an actual story from the weekend that's actually something that happened. Not me, not me just freaking exacerbating some pretend war I'm having with an animal. This is a real thing that happened. So we left the house on the weekend. Very exciting. Um, so bars and restaurants and are open, but you can have 10 people in them or whatever. We didn't go into any establishments, but we just went down... Uh, down to down to Manly here in Sydney. Sat on the grass, had a few had a few beers, talked talk to a few girls, you know, and just had a bit of fun. But yeah, not not much happening. But then we're we're down on the beach having a couple of beers. You can never just drink on the beach usually, but there was no no one around. It was eerie down there. So we're having a few beers on Manly Beach, going, this is fucking great. 
and we're on the stairs and there's there's a few girls around and here's the thing I'm on a bit of a dry streak at the moment I like to come clean on the pod because you know in this world you got to know your strengths I personally meet girls at pubs and after comedy shows where I've just rocked the stage okay that's how it's that's how Billy Darcy uh what is it I was gonna say mates but that's a bit full-on um you know uh meets romantic interests fucking do some editing on that but that's where i usually meet girls and then uh coronavirus came they stopped all the comedy gigs i thought fuck okay that's not great that's not great for my love life still got the pubs though then they shut down all the pubs and i thought oh boy i'm in a bit of trouble here uh because i'm famously not on any of the dating apps and then maybe i think the second weekend of the pandemic we were blind at the house and I pretty much burned all my bridges for any girls um, that I knew at the time romantically because I just text them all at 2am. Um, so what ensued has been one of the great dry streaks, but at the same time, I feel like I'm past the point of desperation. You know, when you hit like a, hit like a month and you're like, you're like, fuck, I've got to, I've got to pull tonight. You know, it's all, it's, it's, uh, you know, sails to the wind. We got to win the battle or whatever insert a better analogy there but now i'm past i'm past that i'm leaning into it now and i think another two weeks i'll just become like a monk and i'll I'll have no sexual urges whatsoever so that's exciting for me um but yeah so i reckon two more weeks i'll just become like a buddhist and i'll i'll just be like a, a spiritual being and i won't have desires for anything other than inner peace um but I'll still, I don't care how peaceful I ever get. I'll still flog that old bloke if it comes around here. Uh, <laughs> but, so, few chatting to a few girls down in Manly. And then there was, these, there was these two girls to the right of us. Smoke shows. Unbelievable sorts. And I go to Macca. I go, oh, Macca, I'm on here. What, what's the line? Because Macca's always good for a line. He goes, and Macca goes, well, Bill, say to them, hey, girls, how you going? Obviously, the pubs are starting to open back up. I was wondering if you might donate five minutes of your time to me and maybe I could sharpen up my conversational skills, right? Very slick. Very good, I thought. So I've had about a bottle of white wine and four beers and feeling loose, feeling good, feeling in the moment. And so I go, I go, Macca, that's a great line. You know when you just someone says something, you go, that's it. It's like with a punchline, with a joke, I go, ah, that's it, of course. How could I not see that? So I'm walking over. And I'm armed with this fucking great line. And I'm going, this is just, this is what it's all about. We're back out in the world. We're experiencing things. What a time to be alive. Anyway, so I go over to the girls. I said, oh, girls, how are you going? Uh, obviously, with the, the pubs are opening back up. I was wondering if you might donate five minutes of your time so I could sh- 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 sharpen up my skills. And I started on sharpen. And... It was embarrassing beyond belief. And I haven't struck out like that in, you know, quite some time, obviously. So due to the pandemic, I should say, not due to any uh, any hot streak. But, and then, so I went over there full of confidence. I stuttered like four times and I went from, you know, confident guy to make a wish kid pretty quickly. I will say that. Um, the two girls and me, we sort of just shared, I guess, quite a real a real united moment of about five seconds of awkward silence. It might've been a gentleman's seven. Um, and we just sort of sat in that for a bit and then they go, Oh, okay. And I was like, fuck, I should really just turn around and leave. Uh, cause I've already embarrassed myself, um, beyond belief, but you know, I'm not a quitter. And also I didn't want to walk straight back over to the lads. Uh, that would be super embarrassing. So I, I stuck with it. We engaged in about five minutes of polite conversation. Very lovely girls. Um, and then at the point where, oh, I think we were leaving or it was going terribly anyway. And so five minutes of just basically me trying to prove to them I don't have a, like a learning disability or something like that. Um, I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. I'm just focusing on speaking clearly just to try and get across that I don't have a stutter. And they treated me like maybe... Like, you know, when you find a bird with a broken wing and you've got to like nurse it back to life, I would say that's how these girls treated me. They're like, they were like, the vibe at the end of the conversation was good on you for, for hanging in there. <laughs> oh, dude, fuck it, hell. 
Dude, one of the great strikeouts. I'm back, baby. So the drive streak con- continues, but um, I don't know. I guess like, just great to be back in the mix, I'd say, is the message there overall. But fuck, it was, yeah, it was no good. It was no good, but it was still pretty fun. And I also randomly spent like 120 bucks on Saturday night, even though I didn't even go into any establishments. And all I drank was two $10 bottles of white wine. So your guess is as good as mine where the other $80 went. I think Ubers and stuff, but fuck. Um, yeah, okay. So what about this? We had the stuttering incident. Um, bit of friction in the house here. I will say back to the lad pad. Um, me and my friend Sam have been watching, or I should say re-watching, one of the greatest TV shows of all time, Scrubs. And look, the thing with Scrubs is it's a great show because it makes you laugh, but then it also makes you feel. And I cry probably on average three times during each season of Scrubs. It's a fantastic program. So me and Samo is both unemployed. We're, we're getting through Scrubs at a fair pace. We're doing like probably six, seven episodes a day. And that's us going like, fuck, we should probably do something with today. Like we could easily watch more. But then Sam goes away for a week to, uh, I think he said some bullshit excuse, like visit his mum or something. I was like, all right, mate, get a grip. You know, we're in the, we're in the middle of season six. You can't leave now. He goes, he goes, oh, but you know, it's mother's day and I love her so much. I was like, God, mate, fucking hell. You know, isolation has driven some people insane. Um, so Sam leaves, um, while he's gone, I, I watched the rest of season six, all of season seven and a bit of season eight. Okay. He comes back and goes, jumps on stand and goes, Bill, bit of scrubs. And he goes, hmm, season eight, episode seven. He goes, what the fuck? And I'd like to point this out. If you are watching a TV program with someone and you leave for more than 48 hours, null and void, my friend, null and void. Okay. Because when he left, I mean, there was so much going on in the show. I can't just stop. Okay. Like when he left, Carla was pregnant. Dr. Cox was having his second child. JD had just knocked up, uh, what's her face, the urologist, and he wasn't sure if they were going to be together forever, or, or if was it just was he just staying with her for the kid? Was this real? I mean, he likes her, but how much? How much does he like her? And Sam goes, yeah, hey Bill, I want you to take all of these emotions and all this anxiety and all this everything is pent up, and I just want you to hold it like a raging hot ball in your heart for a week. Until I come back, well, I guess whenever I goddamn please, and we pick up where we left off. Now, Billy D's not built that way, okay? I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I get through scrubs at a serious pace. So he comes back all furious, and I go, mate, I can't help you, okay? I can't help you. And I honestly think he was to blame. And this is just a service announcement for anyone who's been in a similar situation, and your roommate or whoever gets stroppy because you've gone on without them. Okay, tell them to hit the bricks. Okay, let's say we're climbing Everest together and and you've got, you, you go, oh, I'm just going to make camp here for a few days, but you have to wait with me. We'll get to the summit when I'm ready. No, I've, I've got the supplies. We're halfway up the mountain. We're summiting this bad boy this week. Okay, so you can sit here with your little campfire, you know, and you can do whatever you want, but I'm charging on. Okay, so uh, that's all I have to say on that matter. And it's just for anyone else who's been in a similar situation, just tell them to hit the bricks, okay? So I started watching, uh, I thought, fuck this, I need a show that I'm watching by myself. So I started watching Nashville. I don't know if anyone's seen this program before, but it is phenomenal, okay? It's about two country music superstars. Firstly, I've said this before on the pod, but I don't know why country music gets such a bad rap, okay? Country music is all about two things. It's either, dude, I'm so in love with this bird, let's hit the whiskey, or, oh God, she's gone, let's hit the whiskey. And that's all every country music song is about. You've got falling in love, and you've got, you've got getting boozed up. And everyone's like, oh, it's, uh, it's corny, it's for nerds. How is that for nerds? You know, you you see all these rappers, they're all smoking, smoking all this weed and stuff. Oh, look at me, I'm drinking, 
fucking purple cough syrup and seven up i'm smoking all this weed mate all those rappers would be asleep by 9 p.m you can't just smoke that much weed and stay out there oh till the break of dawn with my homies they would all be passed out by 9 p.m but these freaking these country music guys be riding horses blind at 4 a.m going to the next town going i can get her back you know give me that bottle of jamison i'm chasing my destiny that's fucking on you know so country music get around it okay i will say for country music uh if they want to cool it up a bit i will say the outfits are not helping okay every time i try to defend country music i chuck on a music video the guy's wearing a, a bolo tie and spurs i think we can all agree you don't need to wear spurs when you're shooting a music video in a city um but yeah i'd say to country music sharpen up the outfits um but apart from that dude loving it loving nashville and that's just an endorsement but also get your own tv show so you can just do whatever you want i think it's very important um okay what do we got here how long has this been 21 minutes what a time to be i'm fucking halfway who gives a shit from here if you've listened to this point of the pod i've won okay if you have sat through this for 21 minutes i am the winner make no mistake okay from here on out it's all gravy it's just all gravy for me i remember this guy uh messaged me the other night on instagram <laughs> the reason i said that was this guy messaged me he goes he goes hey mate just checked out your pod on youtube i want 35 minutes of my life back and i replied to him mate if you've sat through more than 10 minutes i win okay if you have sat there for 10 minutes and you hit that 11th minute you have been sucked in or interested or mesmerized enough maybe you're just looking at my hair going how does he do it i fucking won mate okay and at 21 minutes you can fucking tell the lads crack a case lads this one's over okay let's get a few beers flowing this is a win we got three points next stop the semi finals all right so how to send in i can't remember who it was i apologize might have been connor someone um but the send-in was for this a few um i guess maybe this is bad timing after that story i just told but this bloke asked for a few uh post corona he said pickup tips but i feel like pickup is like a bad if you say you're picking up girls to me that that implies like you're doing fucking card tricks and like weird like magic tricks with coins and being like trying to do mind tricks and weird shit to them and yeah i don't know i i don't think there's anything wrong with like pick try to pick up girls but like i've any guy i've ever met who says pick up is like a fucking weirdo half magician half like i don't know i I would say just go to the pub and be a be a fucking entertaining person but that's my that's but i'll say post corona let's say uh going out attempting to find romance tips okay that's a bit more you know it's a bit more brand friendly I don't want fucking a bunch of would-be magicians coming to my shows, you know. Um, so, I've got a few uh, tips on dating post-corona or going out post-coronavirus. Firstly, the pubs will be open, but it looks like there'll still be this one and a half meter distancing thing. I would say use that to your advantage. You know, previously, you go, you sit next to, you sit at one table, you talk to one girl or her and her friends. Now four tables all right are around each other one and a half meters of distance put yourself right in the middle of four tables you got a one and a half meter gap between all four and now you got four girls on the go you know you can just sort of spin all right stace back to you you were you were studying marketing were you fantastic fantastic all right chloe my favorite real estate agent how's the market looking you know and you could just bam 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 because you got to keep your, your meter distance anyway you're one and a half so now you can streamline your striking out and you can, you know, way more efficient. Talk to four girls at once, get your kebab at 10 p.m. You're at home in bed by 10.45. You wake up in the morning well-rested, you know, maybe go for a jog, lead a more balanced life instead of freaking you're on the dance floor at 3 a.m. going, what am I doing here? I can't even dance, you know? So I'd say use the distance to your advantage. Streamline everything, you know, talk to a few people at once. You know, 
Feel it. Feel the vibe of the room. Fantastic. Um, I will say, get ready. I think hooking up is probably out the door. If you can't, if you can't be within one and a half meters of someone, I'm not sure how wild some of the, some of your tongues are out there. But for me, that's you know definitely not an option. So get ready to blow a lot of kisses. You know, if you say you've been talking to a girl for a while, you think, oh, this is going great. Give her that one's for you, Emily. Hey, vibing you, babe. Loving your work. You know, get ready to blow a kiss. It's back. Blowing kisses is back. You know. Move over, mums and nanas of Australia, because the lads are taking back blowing kisses. And also, potentially, catch someone else's, you know? You see some absolute sort blow some guy a kiss, you know? You go, whoop, <laughs> what about that, Kate? Sorry, I've caught that. That's for me. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I know that kiss was meant for that uh, manly seagull second rower who was standing behind me, but Fahisi Mahoahu is going to have to wait, because I've, I've caught that kiss, and, and that's mine now, okay? So... You better believe I'll be telling the lads we made out. Thanking you. <laughs> um, I will say, if you're getting kicked out by bouncers, speaking of Fawahi Mahuahu, if you're getting kicked out by a group of large Samoan men, um, i got to say, you probably won't be getting as roughed up as in, in previous years, uh, which to me, you know, I always like the intimacy of, of getting kicked out, but I think what the bouncers are going to do now is maybe form a flying V around you one and a half metres. So, or like a backwards flying V, I should say, and they'll they'll escort you out, enforcing the one and a half meters. They'll just they'll form a, like a group and they'll just walk you out of the venue, and you won't be able to do anything about it. Um, I'd like to think some of them would sort of grab me by the collar for old times and be like, "Ah, fuck off, Billy," you know, just for nostalgia, really. But but yeah, I think I think uh, I I think bouncers, as always, will adapt and overcome. And they'll find a way to be as aggressive and sadistic as ever. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I got to say, maybe with this whole social distancing thing, you know, might be best, to be honest, uh, if you've got to sit on a separate table from a girl, I would honestly just have a 10 second chat, be like, oh, can I just get your Facebook? And then add her on Facebook and start messaging her and then just fucking leave. Just continue the chat over Facebook. I mean, really. Why do I have to be spending $15 a freaking drink or 10 bucks a schooner when I can't even sit at the same table? You know, I'll get your contact details and I'll stay in touch um, and then I'll go home and I'll have have a bottle of red on the couch while I'll watch the Miley Cyrus 2007 tour live <laughs> on YouTube. So I think that's going to streamline that in a big way. Um, I will say as far as chivalry goes, chivalry, ladies, don't worry, it's not dead and it never will die as long as there's fantastic young gentlemen out there flying the flag. And I know a lot of those great young men listen to this pod. So lads, if you pull a, a seat out for a girl, don't forget a bit of Glen 20, you know, bit of dead oil on there. Disinfect, disinfect the seat. There you go, my lady. Uh, so great to see you this evening on this summer's night. You can say that. Um, but... The opposite, you know, if you get stuck talking to a girl or a guy or just anyone, you don't want to talk to them. With this whole coronavirus thing, you just start coughing and say, oh, sorry, I actually have SARS. And that'll sort people out one way or another, you know. You know, they're thinking, fuck, is SARS back? Who knows? The world's fucking crazy now. Just tell them, oh, yeah, I got SARS. Sorry. Anyways, are you all around or mine? They will hit the bricks. They will hit the bricks. Um... Finally, um, I will say this, uh, with the whole social distancing thing, uh, the only exception is DJs. I don't care if I have to be, if it's illegal to be within one and a half meters, 10 meters, 20 meters. I don't care if I can't even, if the pubs aren't even open and you're playing a virtual gig. If I have a request, I will be screaming that into your ear from one millimeter away as per usual. Okay. If, if I want Seven Things by Miley Cyrus played next, I will be screaming that into your eardrum as per usual, okay? There'll be no one and a half meters. Hey, buddy, how you going? Um, get ready to feel my spit on your earlobe because uh, that's just how it's always been. That's how it will continue to be. And all I could say is you better fucking play Seven Things by Miley Cyrus ASAP. Um, and that's that's it. That's really it. Also, just to finish off, 
This one isn't really a Corona tip, but I will say this. I feel like I've forgotten art is bribing bouncers. I remember when, when I was playing cricket at 18, all the older blokes used to just just be like, oh, us four. And they'd be like, oh, he's too drunk. Uh, not necessarily about me, but whoever. And they go, oh, yeah, sweet. Um, and they just give him 20 bucks and we go in. I don't think anyone does that anymore. You know, just give a bouncer 20 bucks. He'll let you in. Obviously, you've got to have 20 bucks. You know, not, we're not all rolling in cash. I mean, case in point, uh, the man right here. But, you know, don't forget the 20 bucks gets you a long way and 50 bucks pretty much you own the venue for the night. Um, so, yeah, just don't forget you can just fucking bribe him. And that is my post-corona tips. Fucking pro tips, tips. Pro tools. I don't know. Now, okay, I got a couple of yarns, and then I got a couple, got a couple of topics, and then I got a little thing at the end. All right. I love the feeling of a home straight, you know? So, I want to tell another, another story from the goddamn road, hey? Uh, as we know, I am four years on the trot, undisputed, undefeated, will never be challenged, Australia's greatest road dog. Um, and that's just how it is, okay? And to comedians who reckon they go to more cities than me or, or tour way, way, way more than me, all I can say is shut the fuck up and then you can, what can you do? Hit the bricks, okay? Because I'm Australia's greatest road dog. I'm Jetstar's number one customer. Um, if you go into the Tiger Air boardroom, there's a, there's a picture of me on the wall and don't you ever forget it. Uh, so... This one is again from my, or the, I should say, Young Guns comedy tour that I went on. It was a fantastic tour filled with fantastic young men and fantastic talent. Um, and we, we went on a bus. We went all over New South Wales. We started at Byron Bay and then zigzagged all the way back down to Sydney. Fantastic tour. Um, now, some of the shows were less than desirable on the tour. I'll say that. Um whether it was maybe a poor attendance, uh, just some real scum in the crowds, all sorts of shit going on. But we had some great shows. We had some bad shows. There was ups, there was downs. It was fantastic. Um, so now, Tamworth. Now, I'll say this about Tamworth. And, oh God, you know, Tamworth, it's a place I've been to a fair bit. I'll say that. And Tamworth can absolutely hit the bricks. I don't know if a city can hit the road, but I would love to see Tamworth hit the bricks and maybe resettle in South Australia because it's a fucking shithole and there's so much methed up scum in that town. It's unbelievable. Um, and no, yeah, jokes aside, Tamworth, shape up. I'll say that. Um, but there are, you know, with any town, there's great people and there's bad people. Unfortunately, this show, we ran into a couple of the bad people. So we go into Tamworth. I went on the main radio station in Tamworth twice to promote the show. Uh, we gave away five double passes, maybe 10 double passes, so 20 tickets. And part of what made the two ups and downs was we cut all these different deals with all these different pubs. All I can say is if anyone wants to do a regional comedy tour, get your money up front. Door deals, you're going to get fucked up. Um, so we did a door deal in Tamworth. We had a pub that said guaranteed cash up front. Um, it was like 70 people or something. And we we're like, but then this other pub... It held like 250, but and we could take the whole door. Uh, and I got to say, I got to put my hand up. I was one of the ones that said, we got to do the 250 seater and take the door. Like the, the, the potential was out, out of this world. And we didn't really, it was the only town where we had, um, uh, where we could do the, the breakfast, the, not breakfast, but or maybe breakfast, but the main radio station would actually put us on. The other towns would only put us on their like weird community station. Um, so I was like, we'll get on the radio. There's only one fucking station in this town. Everyone's going to hear it. And uh, we're going to, we'll sell it out and take a fucking whopping amount of cash from the door. Um, for anyone listening at home, I do have my hand up right now. I'm, I'm putting my hand up because that was a huge mistake. Um, we could not have sold less tickets if we tried. And the door deal was horrendous. Also, the biggest problem was the pub we chose was the roughest pub in Tamworth. I can't remember what it was called. But they had, um, they had topless waitresses before our show um and we stayed at the pub and it was an absolute wreck um it was awful 
So I think we sold about like fucking 20 tickets or something. But then we had 10 double passes coming. So 20 people coming uh, in this fucking huge room, like 250 people. And it was a nightmare. It was freezing cold. The green room was like outside. It was like this shed off the back of the stage. It was minus like four degrees. Um, of the 10 double passes, one guy came with his double pass and he came by himself. <laughs> this poor psychopath, he was an absolute, I don't want to use the term irreverently, but this guy was a, a junkie and he was all messed up and drunk and he, he came by himself on a double pass, which is very sweet, really. And he was the only guy who came, so fair play to him. Um, he was, without doubt, the worst crowd member I've ever come across. Um, and and then we had about 20, 25 people who were there to see the comedy and then the actual patrons of the pub didn't come to the show, thank God, but they were absolute scum, like real messed up. And so the first half of the show went not great, but not like really not great, but not horrific. All right. I was headlining and my mate George was, it went, Pat was MC, second half was Pat, George, then me. And it was, it was not good. Uh, <laughs> we're, me and George are freezing and... Freddie absolutely destroyed closing the first half. I remember that. And it was like fucking, like, we were like, yeah, the show's on track. And then, and then we had, the, the room was still so big. So Freddie goes, why don't I just go around the pub and say, anyone could come in for free for the second half. I go, yeah, sweet. So we had about 10 to 12 genuine fucking ice addicts coming to the show. Pat owns the second half. They are abusing the shit out of him. Okay. Like they're saying like, we're going to fucking kill you. You're going to die. They were like, you fucking, you city cunt, we're going to kill you. Uh, me and George are backstage freezing our tits off in this shed. The green room was so shit, we just wrote the lineup on the wall in permanent marker. Well, there was graffiti everywhere. George is panicking, okay? He's really panicking. And George is about four foot one and a redhead. He's absolute cannon fodder for these bogans. I go, George, whatever happens out there, mate? He's only, he was only doing like five minutes or something. I go, just do your time. It's only words. You'll be fine. Okay. Literally, George opens the door a little bit. We hear, we hear some guy go, you fucking tall cunt. I'm going to kill you to Pat. Pat's trying to MC the show. George shuts the door and goes, this is not good. He's literally shaking. I go, you're going to be fine. Just go out there. Do the time. All right. He was doing seven minutes. I remember. I go, honestly, just do your time, George. It's going to be fine. Pat, Pat goes, welcome to the stage. Uh, George. Uh, George Pettifer. George goes out there. 90 seconds later, he comes back and he, he opens the door. He goes, Billy, it is fucked out there. And he ran, he ran upstairs to his room and started watching The Hobbit on his laptop. He literally sprinted. He was terrified of these people. I'll never forget the fear in his eyes as he goes, Billy, it is fucked out there. And I was like, oh my God, because I got to do 20 minutes. So then I go up and do 20 minutes, get interrupted fucking time after time whatever but like it was fine like it wasn't it wasn't that bad um like i think the heckling couldn't possibly get any worse by the time i got out there like where can you go from literally threatening to kill someone and describing how you're going to do it so i get out there like i get heckled heaps but i'm like whatever blah 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 just mugging people off and then i'm like oh whatever gig kind of sucked it was fucking embarrassing actually it was a terrible gig um i'm sugarcoating this yeah i'm sugarcoating this i bombed i definitely bombed um, so I get fucking interrupted every two seconds, started through my act. The only, like main last I get it from just fucking mugging cunts off, bomb for 20. We go out after, um, get raucously blind, um, try and sort of shake off the show. And cause it's such a small town. We went to this other pub, half the crowd were at this other pub. So we're running into fucking crowd members and they're like, no, it wasn't that bad. Like, um, it's embarrassing. It's the whole thing was just embarrassing. Um, and they were really friendly. Like a lot of the people in the crowd were really quite lovely people, but we were embarrassed because, uh, apart from Freddie who fucking ripped for some reason, uh, we were embarrassed. Um, I was anyway. And so I got fucking blind. Wake up the next day, got to like get in the van and we got to get to, I want to say Coffs Harbour, like a three hour drive get in the van, and I am not feeling so good, my friends. Ay, 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 misto mico, you know, no comprende, if you know what I mean. I go, fucking hell, pull over, and I never vomit hungover, ever. Done it like once in my life. I go, pull over, 
I got to vomit. And then like, I'm fucking vomiting on the side of this highway on this electric fence, vomiting up a storm. I'm like, fuck, I don't think they cleaned the taps. Those scooters were dirty. I've been, I've been fucking bugged, you know, not to mention like, I think, I think every scooter becomes poisonous when you have 17 of them. Um, but then, and then all the way to Coffs Harbour, we had to stop every 15 minutes while I vomited on the side of the highway. So embarrassing. And I just bombed. And it was just, the whole thing sucked. The whole, oh. But then I can't remember where we went the next night, but it was a good show. Coffs Harbour. But then this was the fun part about the tour. So we got our ass handed to us in Tamworth. Literally like junkies threatening to kill us. And then the next time we rocked up in Coffs Harbour, fucking sold out. The boys were on. And we had a, we had a fucking mad one. So... That was the fun, the ups and the downs of the tour. But yeah, that Townworth, ugh. And I, don't, I haven't been back there since, I don't think. I don't think. Might have gone there, back there once. Oh. Nah. Maybe. I can't remember. But yeah, Townworth hit the bricks, okay? And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, but yeah, anyway, a couple of more things just to finish us off here. And what been... In what's been at times, dare I say, a fucking a great pod. Okay, there's been some genuine moments in this pod. Genuine moments. Um, has there been some lows? Absolutely. But you know what? There's no. You can never. Uh... All right. Next thing. Um, so, I just want to. This is a quick PSA. This one. Um, and this goes out to Indian cricketer Murali VJ. Um, he was quoted in the media as saying. Who's two people he would like to go on a date with? Or no, take to dinner, I should say. He said, number one, his teammate, Shikha Dawan. Um, Mate, honestly, firstly, get a grip. You see that guy every day. You don't need to win the lottery to take him to dinner. You're good friends with him. And then he said, this is Indian opening batsman, Morali Vijay. Uh, He said he would like to take Elise Perry to dinner. Australian cricket and soccer icon and just general sports goddess, Elise Perry. He wants to take her to dinner. And to Morley VJ, I'd like to say this. Take a fucking ticket, brother, okay? You think you're just going to waltz in and take Elise Perry to dinner? All right? There's a line out the door to take Elise Perry to dinner, and there's a goddamn hierarchy in place. All right? There's no, it's, it's no coinky-dink that she's married to an enormous rugby player. All right? And if you think the next rung down from enormous rugby player is... Indian cricketer who's in and out of the test team, then you, my friend, are out to lunch, okay? Grab yourself a ham sandwich and tuck in because you're out to lunch, my friend, okay? And then afterwards, guess what? You're going to hit the bricks, okay? Because I want to take Elise Perry to dinner. Mate, there's about 47 Australian celebrities who are way ahead of you on the pecking order. And then there's about 5,000 absolute chumps like myself who've been waiting to take Elise Perry to dinner for upwards of six years, okay? So I personally have ticket E47 blue. I'm not sure what ticket you got, Morley, but I'd imagine it's quite a few ways down the way, all right? So if you think Elise Perry becomes single and she doesn't immediately start dating freaking Cooper Cronk or some shit or or like Hugh Jackman. I know these guys are married, but at least Perry's that attractive. She's that she's that talented and I'm running out of adjectives, but she's that iconic. That's the word I'm looking for. Hugh Jackman would leave his wife of 25 years for Elise Perry. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. Hugh Jackman would leave his wife of 25 years for Elise Perry. I saw him tweet about it the other day. I swear to God. And Murali VJ thinks he's going to come in here and have dinner. You are... Get a grip, my friend. Okay, Keith Urban would leave Nicole for Elise Perry. Nicole would leave Keith for Elise Perry. Okay? The Prime Minister of Australia, once a mid-coronavirus update, just gave us a five-minute update on Elise and how, how she's going. And everyone tuned in. It was the highest rating press conference of the whole time. Even the one where he was like, the pubs are closing. People were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one, just a quick update on how Elise is doing in quarantine. 26 million people tuned in. There's only 27 million in Australia. And the ones that didn't tune in, they were just the homeless people that didn't have TVs. They were looking through the glass at fucking David Jones, trying to hear what ScoMo was saying about Elise Perry. Okay? So, Morley VJ, you could tell you and all your mates, uh, all your freaking 
you know, your IPL mates, uh, you know, your, your mates in, uh, in English cricket, your mates all over the cricketing world to once again, take a ticket. Okay. Elise Perry is an icon and she's not for you. Okay. She's, she's, well, she's for her enormous rugby husband, probably first and foremost. Um, and then secondly, she's, she's the people's girl, mate. Okay. She is the freaking, you know, the, there's light and dark in this world. And Elise Perry is a beacon of light in this otherwise dark time. And if you think she's going to start dating Murali Vijay, who averages, I'm guessing, around 32 in test cricket, once again, mate, I'm not sure what your dietary requirements are, but you better give them to me quick because guess what? You're out to lunch. Okay? So I just thought I'd nip that in the bud before um, that gets any more press around the globe. Um, And yeah, I can't be more, I can't be clearer. So yeah, Elise Perry is a fucking dare I say, an international icon. And I'd like you, morally, VJ, to treat her as such, okay? Um, so, yeah, that was just something that caught my attention. Now, last thing. Oh, God. Okay, what's this last thing? I will say this. I was going to say this thing about... Anyone see this thing about Robert Pattinson wants to do takeaway pasta? The fucking Twilight guy? has absolutely lost the plot. He spent uh, like uh, three pages of a GQ interview describing his takeaway pasta company. And he tried to make the pasta mid-interview and like almost blew himself up because he's never used an oven before. (laughs) Ah! Oh, dude. I I, I just wanted to say this. Robert Patterson and these sort of guys, honestly, thank you. Thank you for just (laughs) truly showing how little anything matters. Okay. He, GQ full page spread. He's about to play Batman. Maybe five, five or six men in the history of the world have get, been given the opportunity to play Batman in a film. And firstly, he starts off the interview. They go, "How's the workouts going in ISO? You obviously got to get pretty shredded to play Batman." And he goes, "I'm barely working out." He goes, "I'm barely working out." He goes, "Why the hell does Batman have have to be shredded? If I've got the mask on, I'm Batman." Who gives a fuck? He goes, actors in the 80s weren't on steroids. Why do I have to be? And it's so true. When George Clooney was Batman, I dare say he could barely bench 40 kilos. Then freaking, oh, what's his face? He's always crying. Ben Affleck. You know, every time he freaking takes a break from the tears, he's injecting himself with God knows what. Pretty sure it's the same thing they were pumping into Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. And everyone's like, yeah, Batman has to be this absolute fucking ripped psychopath. Robert Pattinson goes, get fucked. I'm in isolation. I'm not spending my day doing push-ups, okay? I'm going to work on my pasta takeaway method and I'm going to have sex with my outrageously attractive girlfriend, okay? Have some of that. His girlfriend's name is Suki Waterhouse. I have no idea what she looks like, but if she's not a 10, I'll buy a really nice hat and I'll fucking eat it, okay? Suki Waterhouse. That is the hottest, richest name I've ever heard in my life. But I love... And then he goes on to just talk about his pasta takeaway company that no one wants to buy into. And I just love uh, these celebrities that just don't give a fuck and just say whatever they want. You know, within reason, you know, if he started, if he jumps on there and goes, well, fuck, I hate Jews. Like, I'll stop you there, Rob. But these people who just take the piss and don't really care, honestly, it just goes to show that nothing really matters. And there's, you know, unless you freaking you know, you, you got family troubles or stuff like that. Nothing really matters. Why are we nervous about anything? Like all the gigs I was so nervous for playing freaking some pub in two hours from Sydney. I'm literally about to have a panic attack because I'm like headlining for the second time ever at some pub in fucking Gosford. All those times where you just, you know, oh, all the little stresses and Robert Patterson has a full page spread in, in GQ. He's on the cover. And he just starts talking about pasta. Honestly, who gives a fuck? And I love it. Just goes to show nothing matters. Absolutely nothing matters. And I love it. One of my favorite comedians, Hannibal Burris, went on ESPN Sports Center the other day. Is Sports Center on ESPN? I'm not sure. But he goes on Sports Center. And they go, firstly, they're talking about sports. Um, there's no sports on. So already that program doesn't matter. It's a stupid program. They're blatantly just talking heads trying to keep their jobs. And they go to Hannibal Barris. They go, mate, when do you think the NBA is going to come back? And he goes, hang on, guys. I've just got to get my coat. 
And he, he's, he's putting this coat on for like a minute. He's going, hang on, I'm almost there. And then they go, anyway, thanks, Hannibal. You got your coat on. So what do you reckon with the NBA? When's it going to come back? And he goes, oh, I don't know about this coat, guys. And he spent the whole interview changing coats, just taking different coats and jackets on and off and having people hand them to him. And the reporters are losing their mind. And he goes, they go, anyway, Hannibal, thanks for completely not giving a fuck about this program and disrespecting us. And he goes, sorry, guys, I just couldn't find the right coat. <laughs> and yes, he's absolutely mugged them off. And yes, it was disrespectful. But fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, you know? Like, why does it... Who, nothing matters. Barely anything matters. We give so much credence to everything in our day-to-day. You know, if I freaking... I slept in yesterday. I always feel like a piece of shit when I sleep in. I woke up at 930 and I'm just like, because I, I was like, I was supposed to wake up at 7.30. I slept through my alarm. I just woke up and I thought, yeah, come on, Bill, like, just get it together. And then it's like, I got nowhere to be. Who gives a fuck? Like, why do we care about 99% of the shit we care about? It's unbelievable. You know, I've, I've lost my favorite jumper. That, that was a thing that happened to me recently. I lost my favorite jumper. Guess what my favorite jumper was? It was black. <laughs> it's just a black jumper that I liked. And I was like, oh, my favorite jumper. And I was like... I was like fucking bummed and I was like, oh, I gotta buy a new jumper. I can't believe it. I love that thing. It was a plain black jumper and it stressed me out that I lost it. And Robert Pattinson's on the cover of GQ going, will someone invest in my takeaway pasta company? And also I'm not going to get in shape for Batman. Who gives a fuck? All right. Like we stress so much. Maybe I'm just projecting because I stress over so much dumb stuff. And I just love celebrities that don't care about anything. Like they're doing stuff that's really so much more significant in the bigger picture but it still doesn't matter nothing matters nothing ma- re- barely anything matters barely it's fucking wild i love it i absolutely love it so there's a daily reminder nothing matters dude fucking nothing matters and also it's just think about this actually no i'll save that for next week all right well that is the end of the podcast. What a ride, what a journey. There are ups, there were some more ups, and guess what? You better believe it, there were some pretty significant downs. Um, and my camera's just run out of fucking maximum recording time. Now, this is a pickle, okay? I just got a new SD card, 32 gigabytes. So I could... Oh, I see what's happened here. The SD card is 32 gigs, but my camera can still only record for half an hour at a time. I see. Okay, more technical difficulties. I can't even buy a new SD card without fucking it up. Anyway, well, thank you for listening. And as always, if you want to help me out, if you just want to comment on a stand-up video on Facebook or share it or whatever, that that was pretty much the most uh, helpful thing you could do for me right now. So if anyone would like to support the career of young Bill D, give it a share. And uh, as always, thank you for listening, etc. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's stronger than me, don't you wait too long, way too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.